0: So it's good shows. Leaves our. I'm JD Bunkus. Ben Ennis, I'm gonna bring in Justin Bourne. We we said it off the top of the show. We all understood quite clearly how much we were missing fans. Um, but it was really something that you couldn't complain about, right? No, who could who could say anything about fans at a time like this? This is the no. the fact that we're playing sports at all. Just shut up and take the sports you got. Now that we're we've seen hockey fans in buildings that have uh, energy. Um, I'm accustomed to a certain style of life, and I don't know how I'm going to go back. And it's really scaring the ever-living crap out of me when it comes to this Montreal-Toronto series because the hockey in the North Division has been, let's just admit, can we all just say, can we all just stand in solidarity and say that the hockey in the North Division for the last month has been doo-doo, baby, and that it's been a chore, and that I have not once Looked at the Leafs schedule outside of like Freddie Anderson coming back and wanting to see how he plays or Rasmus Sandin getting like little, little kernels. But there's never been a game for over a month where I said, Man, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch the Leafs play tonight. I could wait. I could, I could wait for those games. I'm terrified that it's not going to see an uptick in, uh, Quality of play. Uh, let talk to Justin Bourne. Make me feel better, Bourne. Make me feel better about what I saw with fans in that Florida game and the energy that was in that rink and the rats being thrown on the ice and the fans yeah. losing their minds. Me having, in my stupid brain, wondering, are Panthers fans underrated? That's a thought I had <laughs> oh, in that game. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> are the fans that need to be given, you know, tickets at, at car up. washes yeah. for free, uh, are they underrated? I had that thought in that game. Talk me off the ledge here, because I'm I'm sweating. I'm sweating, no, buddy.
1: I won't. I won't talk you off the ledge. I'm on the ledge with you. I'm holding hands with you on the ledge. Uh, we have to help each other. You know what it reminded me of watching that game is, and this is, I don't know if it, we'll, we'll see how this comparison goes, but it reminded me of when my wife was trying on wedding dresses, and it was like, don't try on the one that costs fifteen grand. Don't even try uh, it on. We can't afford yeah, that. So yeah. try on the $1,000 dress or whatever wedding dresses cost. Because if you put that uh, one on, you're going to hate your every wife's other
0: dress. more than $1,000. Yeah, probably it. was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but the point is, like, don't do it. Don't try test drive the car that costs 60 if your budget is 20 Like, don't yeah. even do it. Because now I've watched that hockey, and I mm. can't buy the cheap dress. I can't mm. buy the bad car. Like, I've had the, a taste of the good life, and I don't want to go back.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm with you 100. And we're all bougie, okay. but but <laughs> we and, got and bougie, and it's, like, it, it, it's hard to to separate. Like those are just really great hockey teams, right? The Panthers and Lightning are great, great hockey teams, and there is some animosity there. Um, and I can't separate necessarily how much of watching that game is just two great hockey teams, but how much of it was actually impacted by. The fans, because there's also a drop-off in skill between the two teams. These are not two evenly matched teams that we're going to see on Thursday, so that's part of it. But the, the the intensity was such a part of why that game was awesome, and the scrums after every single whistle. And you can't tell me that that's happening if there's nobody in the in the building for that game. Yeah,
1: like that that game did have a lot going for it without fans. Like you know, I'm sure it would have been a great matchup, two awesome teams and two teams that have a bit of a physical bite to them. But what? What makes me agree with you and like pushes me over the edge on this is it was the first game I can remember watching a lot of bad hits. Like this season, Mm -hmm. like, you know, we didn't have. As uh, many moments where we're like, ah, should that be suspendable? Is this suspendable? But, like, you had Bennett on Coleman. Yeah. There was oh, yeah. McDonough on Duclair. There was Pallad on uh, oh. Achari. And it was, like, all these hits where you're like, these guys are out of their minds. Like, they seem to have lost that, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, the the composure. Oh, There was uh, a, a couple of penalties after a goal because someone got upset Mm -hmm. like there was emotion in the game that affected plays and so I I really felt that you're right like it was just it was fans to go along with the other factors
0: I'm with Ben yes the game was great it was two evenly matched teams that are have some geographical rivalry and there were some juicy storylines heading into the game and the skilled players did skilled things and like it was awesome but the crowd, I I will never ever ever believe that if you removed that crowd and they played that game, that w- it would have been half as uh, contentious as it was. Like I you know I have to believe that like the atmosphere, people throwing rats on the ice after right. a disallowed goal, like I'm sorry, that <laughs> makes it feel like thunderdome That's why Florida Panthers fans are underrated. <laughs> they knew that was back home. It reminded me.
2: It reminded <laughs> Smart me. hockey it
0: fans. Was, it
2: was the first game. Out of the gate, in the bubble. The first playoff game, I forget who it was, but it was like first 30 seconds in and there was a fight, right? The players had to manufacture it themselves because they knew that that's part of playoff hockey is feeding off the energy of the crowd. And if you do not have that, you have to sort of create it yourself. And guess what? We watched all those games. They, they couldn't. It's not something you can make in a lab. You cannot inject it into a game uh, if it's not organic, it's just not going to happen on Thursday. It's still going to be great to watch the leafs and Habs and the sweaters and everything. There's just yeah, such yeah. a massive component lost.
0: Yeah, I guess I'll pivot it to this, which is not having the fans. Like I've been looking at this Montreal Toronto thing as the prize for this entire season, right? I've brought this up a billion times on the show. The fact that I grew up being told that this was a rivalry and it it really wasn't outside the fact that I know more Habs fans than any other fan of a fan base that isn't my own which is the Toronto Maple Leafs. So there's this like tug and pull for who has the coolest history it's Montreal uh, pretty obviously Uh, but whatever Uh, there's this tug and pull for who has the status of what the mecca of hockey is, I think, in this country. Like, where do the people care the most about the team? But when it comes to actual meaningful moments, there are very, very few, right? I think I've said this already, but 06 or 05, one of those two years when I was in first year university and they faced each other and it was a battle for who was going to be the eighth seed and neither of them was the eight seed. Like, that's as close as you get to it. This was supposed to be, wow, this is now the something. And I do wonder if the lack of fans and the script that I think it could play out to be, which is Toronto in five games, is going to result in like a pebble being thrown into the ocean kind of ripple when it comes to the meaning of this to Canada as a whole.
1: Yeah, you know, there's there's certainly a possibility that it, it feels anticlimactic, but... You know, there, things could get weird quick. Like, mm-hmm. if Montreal does the things that scare Leafs fans, you know, you know Gallagher comes back, and he's the little ball of hate that he can be for them and starts putting up some points, and they get saves, and the games get close, and Montreal wins a game or two, things change. Like, there is a possibility of, of the Leafs making it uninteresting, but I, I think in the end it's going to find a way. It's playoff hockey. Uh, it's going to... It's. I, I, here I am trying to talk us into it. It's not going to be the same as if there were fans in the sand. There's no doubt about that. But I still mm-hmm. think it'll, it will it has a chance to pr- progress towards exciting as the series goes on. I don't think it's going to start out of the gate like chaos.
0: Yeah, and, and like I really hate that I'm kind of coming on here and it feels like I'm just crapping on it. And I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to manage my expectations a little bit better because, yeah, going into this, I thought this is going to be one of the greatest moments of... Yeah, my sporting life, getting Montreal, Toronto in a playoff series and that all of this North Division stuff and all of this was worth it as long as we get this compelling series. But, yeah, I just I uh, I think that the environment, the the way these teams match up, the fact that if it is a kind of landslide, one sided affair that a lot of people are going to check out and a lot of people are going to start making excuses right away and blah, 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 blah that it just it might not have the resonance, which I once hoped, which was that hockey is going to reclaim itself a little bit as a national sport in this country, that this was like a real moment where the entire country was going to be tuning in as though this was the Raptors going on a playoff run and you had watch parties outside, right? Like, that that's what I was kind of looking for with the series. I hope it still exists. I believe it still can exist. But you know what it actually is really going to take? It's going to take Montreal being competitive. So mm-hmm. let's set up this series a little bit because... I've been trying to think to myself about what's being overlooked heading into this matchup. And it's hard because we've done this like basically table setting for months now, and these teams have played so many times. But let's start with you, Bourne. Is there anything going into this series that you think is being overlooked from a matchup standpoint?
1: Yeah, um, I think probably the credit to Philip Deneau and how important he's been to Montreal in shutting down Matthews and Marner. Like, Matthews and Marner, over the course of the season, eight. Ate- the Canadians' lunch, like, all 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 year long. Matthews had 11 even-strength points against the Montreal Canadiens this year. Even-strength. So uh, that's that's not saying, you know, Montreal controlled them. But when Philip Deneau was on the ice against Matthews, Martyr and Hyman, it, it, which, by the way, was a lot. It was like 100 minutes of gameplay. Uh, they only outscored Montreal 2-1. to one. So there's going to be a huge matchup here where Phil Deneau, who's going to be a guy who's in, you know, he'll be a Selke Trophy candidate, one of the best defensive forwards in the league, is going to have to run a line that shuts down Matthews and Marner. And if that happens, I think you might have a hockey series. Because, you know, after that, like, yeah, okay, Toronto's got that, you know, a great second line, but, you know, I think the Montreal Canadiens fans would argue that once you get into the depth of the forward group, that they can hang with Toronto, and so it kind of comes down to, can the best guys beat their matchup, and I think the matchup is going to be better than it looks like on on the face, you know, how most people assume it's going to be.
2: I couldn't agree more on that take, and it really does take me back to the five-game series against Columbus in the bubble a season ago and a lot has changed, right? Like this hockey team has changed dramatically, especially on the blue line. But this team is supposed to yes, have the opposition focus entirely on the best goal scorer since he arrived in the National Hockey League and one of the best setup men in the National Hockey League who play uh, a third of the game. But then when you do that, you open yourself up to that second line, but it was that second line that did nothing against Columbus. nylander didn't have a 5 on 5 uh, point against Columbus. Tavares had one point, mm-hmm. and they've been much much better. And Tavares has really found his scoring touch, obviously late in the season. But it's it's going to come down to again that line, the focus on that line, providing you with something offensively.
1: That's good for your stirring up nervousness and fans, isn't it? It's like ah, oh, it's back on uh, Tavares and Nylander. How's everyone feel? Yep. <laughs> you know, you
0: but know what, Nick, that's <laughs> that's that? what this fan base is, and that's actually a little bit what we need. And I say that knowing that like that's what I need. Which is, everyone, like, this is the fun time of year, and this is going to be the best, and having this matchup is the best, and having meaningful hockey is the best, and we've talked about it, how it's like stakes is actually what makes sports special, right? And having this added component of Toronto's had basically a a bit of a lifeless season, one where they've walked through their opponents, one where you have to actually feel something, and if you win, the reward is incredible, and if you lose, it's just a disaster of epic proportions for an original six franchise that I know hasn't had a lot of success since the salary cap, and by that I mean, like, none, but that this is what makes it fun. But, yeah, I... I I like the nerves. I like knowing that hey, this matchup could matter because I think that's what's going to make it a little bit more justifiable if Toronto wins this thing to not just diminish it or dismiss it as, well, Montreal wasn't there yet. Oh, Montreal wasn't very good and blah 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 because that's my other fear. That's why I hope Carey Price plays. That's why I want Brendan Gallagher yeah. to be healthy. And and to me, this is what this was my overlooked thing. It's like Brendan Gallagher coming back. He didn't play in the last, I think 5 games against the Maple Leafs and mm. Every single time I've watched Brendan Gallagher play the Leafs, my thought is always, I hate that guy, but God, I respect that guy. And and I really do believe that this is the moment. This is the guy that when we were talking about like what can bring energy into the series, what can make this feel like the playoffs, that it's actually Brendan Gallagher. And how healthy he is and how many minutes he can play and the way that he can impose himself physically and with his skill, like I I really do believe that he has a chance to now sell himself to Toronto Maple Leafs fans and hockey at, at large as one of the great pests of the game.
1: Yeah, this is, you know, I look at that Montreal team, and I agree with that with on Gallagher. I look at this Montreal team as two caught between two generations here. Like, they are, are, you, are they a core of Shea Weber, Brendan Gallagher, and Carey Price? Is that who the core of the Canadians is? Or is the core supposed to be this Suzuki, Caulfield, Cockney, Emmy? Is it those guys? Because those guys aren't good enough yet, and the other guys might not have ever been good enough, or at least they're on too far, you know, too old and w- without the the cast around them. The possibility for them having success together is that you're catching those guys before they exit being good enough, and you're getting these guys as they just enter good enough, all at the same time. Like that to me is the the Canadians fans fantasy how you talk yourself into it but I think that's unlikely I see a Canadians team that is kind of waiting for that core to phase themselves out and waiting to fill in around this next wave so uh it's going to be interesting to see if they can get enough from guys who seem to be either on the way out or or on the way in uh Gallagher is their best bet I think to to keep things interesting because I don't think there's enough on either side of those waves for them to be competitive
0: so maybe this is the way to pivot into X-Factors. And I, and I think that you can do this from either side, by the way. Like, if you want to do this as a Leaf or as a Hab, that's fine. I'll just say that with mine, it's Cole Caulfield. Because if good you luck. remember last year, and I know it's kind of hard to do this, but you know what really tipped the scales for Montreal in that series against the Penguins? It was that Nick Suzuki had a breakout. And that we all had the how good is Nick Suzuki conversation. Do you guys remember that?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When I look at Toronto's biggest advantages, the number one advantage I believe that they have is just premier offensive talent where if they fall behind in a game, they're going to be able to get back in it just like they had in the regular season. And they're also going to have the talent to put the game basically away early on. Like if Toronto scores two goals in a first period and it, we go into the break up to nothing. I I don't, that's going to be, I'll, I'm going to feel way, 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 way more comfortable than you ever should with a two goal lead. Mm-hmm. Montreal hasn't really had that. And Caulfield, it's a small sample and it's against, you know, teams that were not really playing for anything. There's all these different reasons that you can draw the line. But when I watch him, there is something special about him. Like, that's pretty undeniable. Like, he has yeah. special puck skills. And right now, he's the extra skater. And I should not be having this thought good. Thank God he's the extra skater. Do not play this kid. I, I just have a feeling like that guy's going to step into the series and, and that he's going to play very, very unafraid and that he kind of provides Montreal with something that they don't really have.
1: It is crazy that this guy is outside of their, their 12. Absolutely insane. Like the, the, They are trying so hard to talk themselves, in, uh, talk themselves into some of their guys. Like Eric Stahl, he came in, he scored, he was supposed to be this third-line center everyone wanted. It's not, it's not working. It's not working. Go ahead and look close. It's not working great. You know, Caulfield, this guy, all he's done is score. He is so confident. I don't know him personally, so I can't say words that are stronger than that, but I, the confidence is extreme in this guy. So he is the type of guy that you would feel like if it's a close game. He's the one that's going to score. He's going to have a, a three goal game, score the OT winner, as he did a couple of times this year. It, you know, taking that away from Montreal, that just makes them feel like, uh, you know, like, a worse version of what Columbus wanted to be against Toronto last year. You know, it's, they're just not going to be able to find the offense. I don't think. Uh, you know, it's it's not impossible. It comes from somewhere else. But you're right. Caulfield was a big one. Um, for me, I'm going to take. Uh, I'll, I'll go with a leaf, and I'll go with Rasmus Sandin because. Cool, mm-hmm. oh, sorry. This. So but, happy.
0: Was that Ben's? Was that <laughs> yeah.
1: Because if, I mean, Ben would I I'm sure agree with this. But let's say he's good. If he's good. Then all of a sudden he's he's probably running PP one, you know he's he could be changing around a special teams unit that is pivotal or pivotal for this Leafs team. God, just watching Tampa Bay's PP one last night made me ill. Oh you know, my goodness! <laughs> thinking about the weapons Toronto has and how lifeless they've been. If he can get get them halfway there. All of a sudden, he's a guy who has changed a special teams unit. He has shored up your third pairing. Maybe, you know, sh- definitely your third pairing. You feel comfortable about tipping the ice in the right direction, and you don't have question marks in your third pair because you're confident in your, your top four for once. So the Leafs, if he's good, I feel like the Leafs win a lot of hockey in the postseason because all of a sudden you've got three good pairs.
2: Yeah, and the pushback would be, well, he's quarterbacking a power play unit that basically has not existed the the whole season. They're going back to splitting up the units. They're not loading up the top one, but he is going to be the only defenseman on that five-man unit. To mm-hmm. to that, I would say they're doing a lot of things for the first time to start the playoffs. Like Riley Nash has never played a game for this team. And his first kick of the can is going to be, I guess, taking 90% of defensive zone draws mm-hmm. uh, against the team that they have to, have to beat. It's, A huge X factor because of the things we talked about, DeNoe, and the ability to maybe clog up the offense with that top line, which is the engine of this team's offense, to to ease some of the pressure by getting something, anything on the power play. The Tampa Bay Lightning just won a game because of their power play yesterday. It's hugely, hugely important, especially if Carey Price is anything close to reasonably good.
0: Uh, Can I jump in here for one second? Mm -hmm. I just and I want because I want to pivot this to Bourne because he'll have a more educated answer. But all I could think of watching that game. Because Stamkos missed an open net, and, like, he just got a bunch of really good opportunities. Stamkos had 17 goals this year. Austin Matthews had 41. Um, They had the same amount of power play goals. The same. The same amount of power play goals. And also, Stamkos played three less games. Like, the amount of frustration I felt watching that Tampa power play just zip the puck around and how effortlessly they were getting clean looks for Stamkos. They just know where
2: they're going. They know where the puck is going before it gets to people's sticks.
0: Yeah, I, I, like, I, I'm, I'm at a, like, all I want to do is, like, sit down in the Leafs film room with them and just ask them, like, a complete rube, like, hey, how come you can't do that?
1: My My insane theory, which I'm not saying they should do to start the playoffs, but, like, they have one passer and one shooter on their flanks. So guess where the puck's coming from? And I understand that other teams have had success with that, you know, the way that Nick Backstrom has been able to find a way uh, to, to get pucks to Ovi. But that guy's in the corner half the time, and usually they've got another shooter up top in John Carlson. Before that, it was Mike Green. They had somewhere else the puck could come from. Morgan Riley's not that. I don't even know if Sandine's that. So it doesn't feel like what made Tampa so dangerous to me last night. Was that the puck would go up to Hedman, who, oh my God, you know, can score with anyone in the NHL from the back end. And so you have to honor his shot. Then they go over to Stamkos, and you see the defense like sprinting to get over because you can't let Steven Stamkos take a one timer. Maybe it's Ovi, then him, you know, and a couple other guys in that category. You don't want taking that one timer. And because they have to commit so hard to that, when they swing it back up top and around to to Kucherov, like he's got time and space to get his shot off. And he's got an excellent little shot there, that little like back heel one timer thing he does. So, may, you know, maybe Mitch Marner is not the perfect fit for PP1. And I know that's an insane thing to say about the guy who just finished in the top three in NHL scoring and passes as well as anyone. But it's just the power play is not about who's your best players. It's about how it fits. You know, you... you Tavares is nice in the bumper spot. The way that Braden Point is nice in the bumper. Wayne Simmons can be at the net front sometimes. Zach Hyman does it so well. They're natural fits, but man, he's just—he's not a shooter on the power play. So i i don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Just that maybe it works better without him.
0: You know, uh, I—I want to now transition to the Leaf with the most pressure, but and and I don't know if this guy is going to be either of your answers. But just when we're talking about X-Factors for the series, and and this is not my answer for most pressure. That's just why I'm bringing him up and pivoting. But Mitch Marner has had two playoff series in a row where he's been very underwhelming. Very underwhelming. In fact, if you go back a year ago, he basically said that he didn't quite have it in the Game 1 loss to Columbus. And then against Boston in 2019, he was spectacular, but... He blocks a shot and then is never quite the same and only finishes with four points in seven games. And frankly, like this is a guy who I believe has to maintain his point production throughout the postseason for Toronto to win a Stanley Cup. Like if I think about like most important guys where I want to see it from them continued from the regular season to what they do in the playoffs, it, it very much feels like Mitch Marner. And when we're talking about the power play, he's still going to be the quarterback. And so I just, I can't think of a guy outside of the obvious things like your goaltending and Austin Matthews continuing to be one of the best three players on the planet, but just Mitch Marner as the Leafs weirdly, like it's weird to think of a guy who might be the team's second best player as the X factor.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a worthwhile vote for sure. You know, when I was thinking of uh, of pressure for these guys, I think Marner is one of the the few guys who, if he doesn't play well, the noise gets really loud around him. Because then you get to a, you get to a regular season where they're going, well, sure, he's you know top five in the league in points, but can he do it in the playoffs? You don't want to be the San Jose Sharks where people stop caring about your regular season until you prove something in the playoffs. Um, and that brings me to Morgan Riley who you know i wrote about uh, a couple weeks ago his his output for this team you know he's a guy where we have talked on the show, what are you going to do with him next season? You know, do you want that salary cap hit or maybe a higher one? You know, if he comes out and he acts like a, or plays like a true number one defenseman, plays 24, 25 minutes a game, you know, averages 0. 0.75 points per game, you know, contributes in all those, and you trust him, no defensive like ups or minimal anyway, boy, you know, you feel like you can't let that guy walk. But uh, I think if he goes out there and he has some Jake Gardner moments, the whole fan base is is gonna turn, and he's gonna be the next one that the people are eager to see
2: go. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, I, I mean, it's you know, what I
0: love about this question—not to toot wow. my own horn for coming up with it—is that like I literally thought of almost every guy except for Matthews. Like, I just can't of think course. of no any anybody <laughs> on this Leafs team if they lose where people are not going to be. railing against like I did this laundry list of okay well is it this guy who has the most pressure and then I would go on and I thought about Riley and I thought about Marner and I thought about Tavares and I thought about Neyland and I was like yeah, it's that's the, right. that's the correct answer. The yes! Yeah. Oh, damn it. All right, you <laughs> took it. Damn it, you yeah. took it. Okay. No, but it's This obvious. is a cheaty like, answer, by the way. I, this is a cheaty answer, but no, I was going No,
2: I'm, I actually wasn't. Okay, you can have the cheaty one. I was going to take the obvious one, which is also true, though. It's also true. You know why no. obvious things are obvious is because they're yeah. so obviously true, and it's the goaltending, and it's Jack Campbell mm. right out of the gate. This is a guy who is – earned his Mm. opportunity, has a chance to cement himself, at least as the lead dog to be this team's starting goaltender next season. We just watched Tristan Jari give up three goals that are abominable. He lost a game single-handedly for the Pittsburgh Penguins yesterday. You don't think that's a possibility here going into this series?
0: No, it is, but here's why I think that's a bad answer, is that I just think it's if he is not very good, if Jack Campbell is not very good, people are going to say, "Well, he's a million-dollar goaltender, and he was meant to be a backup, and this is all Freddie Anderson's fault somehow, <laughs> even though he didn't even play." That if he was better, that was the plan, and he's the guy making the money. Like, I, I don't really think that it Jack Campbell. To Anderson. Well, here's yeah.
2: the, here's what I was gonna say. I was gonna make it J- uh, Frederick Anderson, but he might not even play in this series. But, but that situation that Anderson ends yeah. up in is they're either trailing in the series or they've gotten subpar goaltending and you were playing for your career at that point. So, yeah, but that's Anderson. What I, mean. I
0: I just think it's hard to put it on a guy who's pro- who's probably not going to play the vast majority of the games. And if he does, it's probably more viewed as, like, the guy who's the savior. And if Jack Campbell fails, I just do not see this fan base directing a lot of ire towards him that's lasting. I think that they know he's coming back the following season. I think that they know that it's just it's going to be the same typical stuff. Like, It's going to be Jack Campbell still comes back next year with the ability to redeem himself, and he's a backup, and now we learn something about him, right? Like, it's just that's not the kind of pressure. To me, it's like when I looked at the guys, I hear Bourne's thing with Morgan Riley, where it's like, this is the thing that's going to define you as a Maple Leaf if they lose. And to me, Morgan Riley has those kinds of stakes. To me, John Tavares has those kinds of stakes. Like, if you look at Tavares, how old is he? Is he 31 now? Sounds right. He is. 30. He'll be 31 in September. So he's 31 this year. Like, there's a case of he's not going to drop off because he was never someone who really relied on his speed. And then there's also the case of if that guy loses, like, a half step, he's not going to be nearly the player that he was. And Tavar is already, like, if we're doing where he's paid amongst centermen versus where he is in the effectiveness rankings of centermen, it's already, like, a sliding scale conversation. A lot of people don't think he should be captain as is, despite... I think what was an underrated storyline of him committing defensively with this group this year like there's a lot on John Tavares's shoulders if he sh- if Tavares for some reason has like some goose egg or one goal in seven games and they lose like, like,
2: he like did last yeah, year in the five games against Columbus e- e-
0: exactly like if he has a repeat of that performance and has two in a row it's just it's going to be bad for him but that's why at least with Tavares crazy. at least with Tavares you know he's coming back they're not going to be able to move the contract. He's still going to be with the Maple Leafs. I could see a scenario where they take the C from him and give it to Matthews, frankly, like if they fall yeah, out. Eventually that's happening. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know when the timeline is, but it, I could see it happening sooner rather than later. But yes, no, Ben, the answer that you had is the correct one. It's Kyle Dubas because if the Leafs lose, what the hell is he supposed to do? <laughs> like what? What is what? What is Kyle Dubas supposed to do? His team was dominant all season long. He went out and he got more vets. He got a tougher team. They went more defensively responsible. They are loaded up top. They have all this goal scoring, the skill. I myself look at this team and say, how are they not one of the best five teams in hockey? And also, um, I don't really see the Achilles heel. Like what? What's the fix? You're going to just panic trade William Nylander for something? Like I don't know what the hell you're supposed to do. If this team loses, mm-hmm. yeah, that's
1: uh, you know that's where everyone's going to go first is Nylander, isn't it? <laughs> you know, of course, of course, everyone been. will
0: go to Nylander. And like, okay, if that's fine. If they lose this
1: series, though, if they lose this series, it's going to be because of goaltending. I'm convinced of that. Of
0: course, it is. Yes, you,
1: you know, and so yeah, but how
0: do you address it and but how do he you can't, change it? But, you need but to I'm move saying money he around, and that starts with Nylander. Potentially. I'm just saying that's on the pressure
1: it. on the pressure rankings. I think he's done a good job in protecting their crease, right? Like, he he made a great trade to get Jack Campbell. He had Freddie Anderson at good value at 5.5. He brought in Dave Riddick. Like, if they lose, I think it's going to be goaltending, and I don't think you could look at the job he did and say he didn't didn't prepare the team, he didn't have goaltending. So maybe he's a little bit sheltered from the criticism. Now, let's say they get fine goaltending and lose. Uh, It's tough for me to figure out how that happens. Like... I guess the special teams still suck. At which point yeah, you, you blame the coaches. Sure. Like, if are they just going to get outscored and outplayed at the Habs by the Habs at five on five? No, I really, really unlikely. So, I don't know. The no, if they lose, be it's because shattered. of
0: ghosts and, curse and curses, and they're real. <laughs> well, and weird. I like again, I have to go live a life in the woods. I go off the grid. I never come back here. I grow the most. You could use year doing that. Deer. Oh my God, I'm done. I'm done in this city if they lose to Montreal Canadiens. Like, I I don't know how I cannot watch sports anymore. Like, I just don't know how how, the idea of me having to watch a Montreal Canadiens Edmonton Oilers series and have the commentators (laughs) do the whole thing about how, you know, everyone said the Leafs were the team and uh, Montreal, they're scrappy and playoff hockey is different. Like, hearing that, like, even now, I Uh... need to take a break. No, here, here, here's the scenario. No, I take a break. I need to take a break. Out, I need and break.
2: It's, it's the nerds. It's the number nerds saying, see? See, he leaned no. too hard. He listened too much to the go- to the guys that said it was the intangible stuff in the postseason. He leaned away from Taylor Hall. They couldn't oh, score on the power play. Too. They ran into Carey Price. And break, you know what? Break,
0: break, break, <laughs> break, break,
2: break. The, the nerd left the nerddom, and he should have stayed with us nerds. Listen, then you
0: can have oh, it, nerds. I'll give you the game. You can have the game I love and I'll walk away into the woods. And hey, live we there just forever. did
1: we just did thirty minutes on this and tell me you didn't talk yourself into the stakes being so high.
2: Yeah.
0: I honestly want to puke. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I have like a pukey feel in my stomach and mouth that like it's the mouth watering thing like, where I just don't like, like, don't
1: like it. Kakani Emmy has eleven points in the series or something.
0: Like <laughs> that little bug years. eyes scores a bunch <laughs> on me. I to be I, I I'm not ready for that. No, I, I'm not ready for that to happen. Um all right. Uh I have a bunch so Born, we do this thing. Um, when the playoffs start and the league's called overreactions. I know it's super original. Um, I have like five overreactions already to the Stanley Cup playoffs and I want to bounce a few of all, uh, them off you on the other yes. side of this. All, all right. right, sounds good. All right, let's take a break and we'll come back and do overreactions and I'm going to go throw up.
2: All right, good shows. Leafs hour continues. Sportsnet 590, the fan.
0: Yeah, this is so my favorite, favorite time of the year.
2: All right, J.D. was going robot voice. He's going to reconnect to the program. Eddie's hey, Good shows. Leaf Leafs Hour, Ben Ennis, uh, soon-to-be J.D. Bunkus, and uh, Justin Bourne. And J.D. is back. Are you back? You hear us? You're doing the program.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm back. I went a little robot, and uh, the, the tech went down there. But all I was saying was I just absolutely love these small sample games because this is what I'm designed for. Like I feel like now is my time to strike. When it's sample size (laughs) time, it's, you know, you're an idiot. Who would ever draw these conclusions? But in these games where just everything matters the most and I get to say stupid things and just react like from your gut, oh, I'm ready. This is my time. This is my time to shine. I love this time. Okay, so it's overreactions time. J.D. Bunkus, Ben Ennis. It it hurts me not to say Sportsnet Ben, but you're you're Ben S. Maybe you should rebrand yourself as Sportsnet Ben. They can't fire you ever if you're Sportsnet Ben.
2: <laughs> if they sign a deal, it says that. And, like, well, I don't know. Yeah. We need to work over what, the. What the, dollar the amount would you do it for? Yeah. Uh, I'm, so yeah, much of me is ten grand. <laughs> yeah. I am uh, for sale. There's never been a more like. Sometimes we do these things where you got to fill out these forms about like what products you'd be willing to advertise for if somebody came to you with an yeah. endorsement. I was like, whatever, like rash yeah. cream. Like, give me all the rash cream. Sure, rash I, cream, I've had sure. rashes. Whatever. No, there's no shame in rash cream.
0: cream. Like, there's like that's just <laughs> you want to get who actually, a rash. Yeah, actually made one. me yeah. take
2: him to a doctor for a rash.
0: Yeah, which he thought was uh, cancer, and it turned out to be, uh, I used too much soap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They were yeah. like, don't use yeah, as much that's... soap, and don't, sh- like, yeah, that's, that's okay. Sorry for being so clean, Dr. Dirk. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, what, <laughs> that's, sure. that's what he wanted. Yeah. Okay, so it's time for overreactions. I want to start with this one. Is Marc-Andre Fleury Team Canada's goalie, and did the Penguins make a massive mistake?
1: Uh, wow. Um, hold on. I was unprepared for the second part. The team Canada goalie one is like, always oh, like a, I don't know what the alternatives are is always my answer. Like Jordan Bennington.
0: Chris I don't know. Well, everyone says Carrie price. Everyone's like, oh, it's Carrie price. It's Carrie price. Why? Um, Mark Andre Fleury is yeah. also what you stand like right. actually has a Stanley cup champion. Uh, is the guy who's gone deeper in the playoffs every single year, looks like he's maintained his athleticism, can play more games. That's what I mean. Like, what, I don't understand the case as to why Kerry Price gets all this respect and Marc-Andre Fleury essentially gets none outside of the markets that they play in. Like, one guy is the better goalie now, and that's Marc-Andre Fleury. And if they're handing the net to anybody, Team Canada tomorrow, and they show you Kerry Price in net, that's purely off of name, not resume. Honestly, I'm like, is Spencer
1: Knight Canadian? He might not be. The no. I mean, Thatcher Demko is American. Like, we don't have Dreger is Canadian though. Dreger
0: is. Yeah. No, well, come on, get out of yeah.
1: here. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But the, the Penguins' question is getting very interesting because, man, Jari Jari let him down last night. I thought there was, yep. Ben. To your point, three three goals he should have stopped uh, against the Islanders. So if they have a, a cup-contending team and a guy, no one who can stop the puck, yeah, they they might be having some doubts there.
0: Okay, so the logic at the time was, well, we have Matt Murray, and Matt Murray has already won a cup, and he's proved to be a big game player, and he doesn't make as much as Marc-Andre Fleury, and, you know, we got to go with the younger guy. Okay? The logic at the time was fine, but we're allowed to play hindsight now. And Matt Murray, if you try to compare him with Marc-Andre Fleury at this point, it's ludicrous. The crazy thing is, is that, he signed, like, that deal even with Ottawa now. He got that $4 million, $25 extension, like, uh, more than Marc-Andre Fleury got at the time. Like, Marc-Andre Fleury, everyone looks back at that deal and thinks, oh, like I did anyways. I went and said, well, Marc-Andre Fleury was probably making, like, $7, 8000000 million or something ridiculous like that. So how could they – he was making five. He was making $5 million. And so, yeah, Vegas was going to go after him. And, yes, Vegas was going to covet him. And there were all these reasons not to do it. But if we're just playing hindsight, $5 million is not the hardest money to move around. And if we're looking at reasons why the Penguins have been undone, it's because Matt Murray couldn't stay healthy. And they've had bad goaltending. And, frankly, like the teams have not been very good. And that was going to be kind of my secondary Penguins overreaction is that I'm sick of watching Sidney Crosby with this team. And the whole – like. I, I love watching Sid. That's one of my other overreactions. I'm going to save this stuff. But yeah, I think if you're doing Team Canada's goaltenders right now, Marc-Andre Fleury is the starter, Carey Price is the backup, and then you're like having a battle between like Jordan Bennington and, I don't know, Darcy Kemper, and like it's bad. The list of guys behind him is not really good. So that's where we're at right now. I think he's number one, and, and people should reconcile with that.
1: I think like a year ago.
0: I think Carter Hart's Canadian, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, he is. Would've... But that's done now. Like, who's pushing for yeah. Carter Hart in this moment? Like, but yikes. I tell you
1: what. Like, you know, you talk about teams being able to be undone by goaltending. You look at the the Olympics coming up, and yeah, hopefully Fleury is still at the top of his game because yeah, right now he feels like the only guy you would call one of the league's you know sort of
2: five ten best. Come guys. on, Quebec, pick it up. Like this yeah, is right. your thing. They've this is what you do.
0: It's just we we were literally uh, we're like a couple of years removed from this whole conversation about how Canada has Bennington and Hart, and how now the one area where maybe we weren't as good, we're gonna maybe be the best. And neither of those guys has panned out. Like, yeah, Carter Hart. Uh... He gets an invitation out of, hey, look at what the good goalies look like, Carter. Maybe someday, <laughs> <laughs> like that's his invitation. And Jordan Bennington. Um, well, oh, no, sorry,
1: you said Kemper's Canadian. I'm surprised by that.
0: Yeah, Kemper's Did Canadian. Know that. So well, then I, well, then
1: there's there's a guy who you got to have. uh one of your three for sure. So but that's yeah, what I'm no, saying. It doesn't make you overly comfortable. I,
0: I, no, it doesn't make you overly comfortable. But I think those are the three guys: Carey Price, Mark Andre Fleury, and Darcy Kemper. And then like Kemper and Bennington and those two guys. And like sneakily, in a weird way, I kind of feel like Price is out uh, there for
1: me. Well, they uh, just
0: always love having the veteran. But if you already have the two veteran guys, you don't need a third. But I just thought, like, Mike Smith is just such a classic third Canadian goalie. Like, still at (laughs) the same like You could
1: tell me that he's won three Olympic
0: medals, and Uh, I would not be surprised. Exactly. It's just like Mike Smith is just – he's lingering if you need a a third guy. And and they do that. Well, he can handle the puck and get it to the skilled Canadian players. And that's the the template for him. So, yes, I do think Marc-Andre Fleury is the guy. And I think that revisionist history will tell you that, yeah, the Penguins, like, they they made a mistake. They gambled on somebody, and it leads me to, hey, just a side note. Maybe if you're the Leafs and you're thinking about moving off of Freddie Anderson because he's 30 and because you've got a guy in Jack Campbell who has shown you some stuff and is – I guess he's late 20s though still. But either way, not nearly as tested that these guys, like we were all kind of writing Marc-Andre Fleury off. We all thought it was just this incredible feat that he stepped in in that Capital Series with the Penguins and was the old Marc-Andre Fleury because he hadn't quite looked that way And that maybe goaltenders' primes are not exactly as binary as we like to make them to be. Um, Maybe it just doesn't fit the narrative that we have it at the time. And so if there is a case for bringing back Freddie Anderson at the end of the season, if it's like on a short deal or a one-year deal or a two-year deal at at low money for him to have a prove-it year... um, I wouldn't write it off, and I would use that as a as a cautionary tale. Well,
2: but that's not, that's the, that's the conversation we were the conversation we had about Freddie Anderson. And the reason why he was gone is because he was getting the Bobrovsky deal, because he was mm-hmm. setting himself up. But yeah, if that's yeah. the case, of course, like, what are you how, you're going to do better than Freddie Anderson out there if it's on a no. one year deal? No,
1: no, no, no. Point has ever been more true than goalie primes are not exactly binary. Because marc Andre Fleury was yeah. awful in yeah. the playoffs during what you would yep. call his absolute prime. Like after Fleury won a cup, there were like four post seasons in a row where yep. Fleury let in goals against the Flyers that you were like, what, what is happening? Is he playing for the Flyers? Like, yep. I remember thinking his career was over and, you know, watching him last night, he made 11 glove saves that were career best saves for other goaltenders. So I, it's just, it's impossible to know, but you're right. Don't write off guys because they're older as goaltenders. It's totally Man. different by guy.
0: There's these people that, like, truly believe that Freddie Anderson is this flawed guy because he's let in some bad goals in the postseason. Like, Marc-Andre Fleury would have killed for that, right? And hockey fans now look at Marc-Andre Fleury and say, that guy's one of the most clutch playoff performers yeah. in the NHL, right? Like, we would all agree that who yes. wouldn't say Marc-Andre Fleury is one of the top five clutch goalies right now? And I- I'm just saying that the athleticism... Would have saved
2: them if it was clutch, you know?
0: Right. They're, they're, okay. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, moving on. <laughs> I hate... Islanders-Penguins. I hate it because it cost me a lot of money yesterday, but I also hate it because it's just like, the Islanders are so boring, they put some guy in net, and it's a no-name rookie Russian goalie, and of course it's fine, and of course they win, and the Penguins, with Sidney Crosby in his post-prime, like they lose. I'm having this real moment where I'm old and I'm appreciating old guy things where I'm getting excited about Tim Duncan's Hall of Fame speech and I'm trying to appreciate LeBron James and Steph Curry. And one of the things that I'm really, really loving about the Stanley Cup playoffs this year is getting to know that or getting to watch Alexander Ovechkin is still throwing his body around at people and trying to be a freight train out there to the point where Lozon has to give him 80 cross checks to try and say, slow down, settle down, please stop nailing our guys. Sidney Crosby has a tip with one hand that's like – it's just a Sidney Crosby play where you go, I don't really ever see that. And, of course, Sid is the guy who does it. And I, if the Islanders cost them this, I'm just going to be furious because I want to watch those two guys. So I'll give you one of these two directions. Are the Islanders the worst thing in Hockey Born and you can apologize <laughs> like, ah, for yeah. them? Or yeah. Yeah, do you want to go with the back. positive or of, like – hey, we should really be watching Sid and Ovi in these Stanley Cup playoffs and looking at it through the lens of, hey, we don't know how much longer this is going to go.
1: I'll take a sort of a tangential topic to this here and just say that it would not surprise me this postseason if we got a 46-year-old Jack Nicklaus wins the Masters postseason from one of Ovechkin or Crosby. Mm -hmm. like. Great, great talents, like the best in the world in different sports, always have this like after flare up, aftershock flare of career talent where they're like able to do it again and find it for a weekend. You know, Tiger Woods also won a major, sorry, the Masters in 2019 is this sort of flare up like Crosby's got three cups, Ovechkin has one. Both of them are not. You know, Crosby's a top ten scorer this year. Ovechkin still piled the puck in the net. Like it wouldn't shock me if one of those two guys. I actually thought about betting on this. I'm betting on like both of them for Con Smythe, and the odds of one of those two hitting is not that hmm. far fetched.
2: Yeah. And, the, I was
1: going to say, the Islanders might slow them down here for a little. I still think the Penguins are going to come through. You don't need to hate on the, the New York Islanders' team-first structured play
2: that Started is so Casey effective. Casey Zizekas in that fourth line like to start the game. They're like, our identity line, our identity is the guys who I- – Granted, I covered Casey of when he was in juniors. Great player, you'd want him on your team, but right. that's your team that, that the guys that don't score. yes, they play well defensively, but holy cow, are they? They're a tough one to watch. If, if I don't get
0: to watch Sidney Crosby in round two, and it's because the Islanders and I have to be talked into Kyle Palmieri, and I, like I'm not going to be a happy man. <laughs> like I'm going to be furious. So, By the yeah. way,
1: the Islanders like the rumor has it, you know that Hall would have gone to the Islanders, but they wanted the palmieri zajac situation more than yeah. Hall because of team identity. It's it's really really frustrating, <laughs> but good, good call. We shall see.
0: Worked out, but good call one. because guess yeah. what? Kyle Palmieri was awesome in that game. He was like, other than Sid, I thought the best player on the ice, and he won the game. Very good. Like, yeah. and yeah. Taylor Hall, I watched that Bruins game, and he had some moments. Um, guess what else he had? A lot of not noticing him play. <laughs> like a lot of... Is Taylor Hall out there? Hmm, where's Taylor Hall? Is he playing? Is he playing right now? But I, I'm sure Taylor Hall's expected goals for were through the roof in that game one <laughs> loss where he had no points. I'm sure they were amazing. Um, the Penguins, I just don't like the team. I just don't. I don't. And I know that they're missing Malkin, and that's like, what, $10 million of cap space and a guy that's not playing in that game, so it just looks differently. But, like, I, I keep thinking this with Sid, too, how... I understand he has to play with certain guys and that he can elevate other players and you can balance out the roster in a different way. But is he's the only all-time great, right, where we had the argument of you put him with – and I know Gensel is good, blah, blah, blah. But the, like his whole career, it's been almost like the Penguins have gaslit him into playing with guys that are not as good. <laughs> you know, where they're like, <laughs> you don't need an awesome guy, Sid. You just need rust, Brian Rust is fine for you. This is okay. You're good, right? Are you not good enough to make Brian Rust good? And so it's like, I'm good. I'm good enough. I'll, I'll do it. I'll make it happen. And I just look at that Penguins roster and, like, a lot of their salary cap allocation I don't really love. And the guys who I really noticed in that game who popped, they're the, like, minimum guys. So – Goche is good. That's what I mean. Goche sorry, is sorry, good. Rodriguez –
1: Whatever his real name yeah. is. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> uh, his Frank
0: – is it Frankie coach? I I don't know. It's something I think it is with an F though. Uh, it's Frederick
2: uh oh wait. Uh no. no. What, what is Anyways,
0: that? uh I I like him. I liked Rodriguez. I think that they've got a little bit of jump down the lineup, but it's like none of their defensemen blow you away. They're still clinging it's on to the Frederick Tang Goudreau. And, that's it. That's Frederick the one. I knew it was that's an F. That's the
1: one. Yep.
0: But um Yeah, I just, I don't really love that Penguins roster, and I just hate that Sid is kind of trapped there. And he would never leave, and he would never go anywhere, and I made this rumor that I tried to create a rumor where he'd go to Montreal. (laughs) What?
1: I said, I really like the Penguins roster, so you eat it. Uh, I hate it. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's a lot of those guys, you're right, that like Brian Rust is actually effective. And stats people yeah. tell you Zach Aston Reese should win a Selkie trophy, which go away on yeah. that. But he's very effective. And, you know, I, I do think Goodrow is effective. And, you know, they have a lot of those guys. It's the, it's the tweet. The, the Penguins always have two guys named Mark Donk and Buzz Flibbit who have 58 points and you've never heard of because <laughs> they get to play with like Crosby and crew. They have those right. guys
0: for whatever reason. I don't know. Effective. It's just like a, not a lot of guys where they pop. You know, and I know that's kind of hockey now, but I kind of want to feel as though you've got some guys that they're given five million dollars range to that seem underwhelming. So I'm going to wait for the rest of this playoff series. This is why. This is why. This is overreactions. I just I watched the game and I just couldn't help but think like if Sid's not out there and Sid's not making a play, then they're not going to score. And Yeah, they lost to a crappy Islanders team. I'm sorry. Like an Islanders team that doesn't have Anders Lee or their starting goaltender, and it was like they're right there with Sid, and I hate that. So, yeah. Thanks to Tristan
2: Jari, mostly.
0: Yeah, Tristan Tristan Jari, brutal, and that's why Marc-Andre Fleury was the thing. So, yeah, I'm really hoping for one last year at least of Sid versus Ovi, and I know that we do this now, especially in this era of, hey, appreciate what you have, but – Yeah, this especially feels like you've got these two guys. Like, I had a thought about Ovi as he was like running guys over in that game of, if he really wants to have a realistic shot of catching Gretzky, he's going to have to stop doing those things, right? Like, he can't just steamroll guys all the time. He's going to have to take out some of that physical element of his game, and if he loses that, what is Ovi? Like, what does he become? And so, watching him steamroll and be a threat at the same time, I'm like, I don't know how many more years of that I'm going to get. I don't know how many more years I'm going to get where Sidney Crosby's undeniably the best player on, on either team. So, yeah i'm going to be absolutely adding added focus to watching penguins games to watching capitals games and then of course to watching panthers lightning the greatest series that was ever played give
1: me uh, the cherry on top pittsburgh washington round two crosby and ovechkin fight
0: let's uh doodling
1: hat tricks again let's go let's make it happen
0: (laughs) one more time one more time give it to us one more time all right we got to go We'll talk to you next week once we actually have a uh, playoff hockey. We'll probably grab you a little bit more from time to time here, depending on what's going on, but, uh, Anytime. I'm sure you'll be you fine with that. that. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Justin Bourne. All right, guys. See ya. Hockey central. All the good things.